My name is Nathan Kolopek. I am Matthew Morkin. And this is the Veritas Equipping Podcast. Our goal is, especially during this time, to equip you to live out your faith and love Jesus well. So today, Matthew, we have an interesting topic that I think is probably close to your heart. I think this is huge, having been in youth ministry for a long time and the father of three boys and living in a crazy world. This is a great topic for us to discuss today. Yeah, we're talking about leading families. So this is this is going to be kind of how you lead at home, maybe some of the challenges you're facing, um, even practical steps for you to increase your your devotion, your following of Jesus as a family. So we have two special guests. Can you introduce yourselves for us? I am special guest number one, Ian Crosby. I am our family ministry director here at Veritas. And I am special guest number two. I'm Catherine Hufford, and I serve on the adult ministry team. We're, we're not making them wear t-shirts that say special guest <laughs> one and two. But I'm excited today, though, Nathan, because we get to solve parenting in 20 minutes. Wow. And now we're down to, like, 19. Great. Let's sol- solve it. <laughs> Do you think we'll um, have time for, like, lunch afterwards, too? <laughs> probably. All the world's problems in one podcast. Um, I'm just going to tell you guys, I have a two-week-old at home, so there's a lot I need to learn. But leading my family is mostly looking like trying to sleep at nights right now. Who yeah. Around the table... What's your situation? Who do you have at home? What, what's what's the ground that you're you're kind of working in? Yeah, so uh, my wife and I uh, we're foster parents, and so we currently have a one year old and a three year old right now. My husband and I are older parents, so we have four adult children, two of which live with us, as well as my mother who is uh, eighty five, and so. Do you have any, like, grandkids or anything? Any at all? Any at I have all? A, I have a couple of grandchildren, <laughs> so maybe 12. <laughs> Catherine is the richest among us when it comes to family around this table. Matthew, what about you? Yeah, I've got three boys, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 9-year-old. And now that I say that, I'm concerned that I got that wrong. <laughs> they, they'll listen back to this one day and realize this is where all their father wounds came my from. My dad never knew me. <laughs> notice, notice, I did not give the ages of my children. How so long would it take for you to work through all of those? I have to remember them. Not enough time. Um, okay, as, as family ministry director, Ian, give us a little bit. What are the challenges parents are facing, especially as we're recording this when people are home from school, maybe quarantine, things like that? What are challenges kind of in the modern world, but especially this moment? I think a challenging uh, part of parenting is just the fact that we're dealing with kids and other people, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I think that's a huge challenge to begin with. Uh, but especially uh, right now in the modern world, there are so many distractions that are at place. We got a lot of uh, technology that is buying for our entertainment and distraction. Uh, we got, I think right now, there's a lot of parents who are really just like trying to be friends with their kid and maybe not even like putting their relationship and friendship with their kid over actually parenting and leading their family. And I know that can be a struggle as well. And um, especially in this current time with everyone being quarantined and locked up, I think there is that tension of just wanting like some peace and quiet and willing to do anything and everything to do that and maybe not even taking advantage of the time that they have together right now. And I hope there are people in Veritas that maybe are trying to set a new family culture, a new family pattern where they haven't seen what it looks like to lead spiritually in the home. Mm -hmm. Maybe they weren't led themselves. And so that's even a challenge, let alone what's going on with technology in the world. How do we kind of set these new trajectories? Catherine, anything else you're seeing that's kind of making this moment more pointed for families? 
I think more pointed is just that we have a lot of time together, right? So some of the many distractions that we've seen in families, both sports and activities and schools and all these outside voices um, speaking into the lives of our children, we have a unique time now to speak into them directly and on a larger scale as far as time goes. I think the challenge is that maybe for a lot of parents or how do we engage other voices that are safe voices grandparents right aunts and uncles how do we keep children uh, occupied without engaging those things that are going to draw them away from the lord so even maybe another challenge behind that too is because we now have all of this time we're not used to having all this time and so we don't even know what to do to fill that uh, within our own families Mm-hmm. It's both a challenge and an opportunity, yeah, absolutely. right? But so many of the challenges, we kind of have to grieve the loss of the old normal in order to begin embracing the new normal and see the gift that this might be in your family. Well, and I think one of the things we have issues or maybe yellow flags in our families lives and how we do things, but we always are able to go off to work. I think I speak maybe primarily for a lot of men. I know that men aren't the only ones who are out working these days, but um, you know, we have the opportunity to go away and from eight to five, we interact with our business partners and the people next to us in our cubicles and we get to be away. And so now, yeah, it's just heightened some of those yellow flags, some of those concerns when it's like, hey, we got the next four weeks together. Go. I think one of the things too that we that I'm seeing in the people that I know that they're home because maybe they don't have that job anymore, right? So that you're adding not only just stress of being in the same residence on a full-time basis with kids not being at school, but some parents aren't at work, which is bringing economic stress into the situation, which it doesn't necessarily produce the greatest response. That's fair. Yeah, and Catherine, you mentioned multiple generations in the same house. I know more people are maybe having their parents come back to live with them because their living situation wasn't ideal, nursing home, whatever, in this time. What what are some of the challenges with that dynamic? So we're talking about leading kids, but sort of leading up, leading your own parents. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic because it's different in the needs that are there. And I think sometimes we, in our culture, we maybe are familiar with that term failure to thrive, right? We, we ascribe that to infants, right? That children that aren't held and, and loved and physically with physical touch can fail to thrive, not grow and not gain weight and stuff. But we have that exact same phenomenon that actually happens with the aged, right? So they can decline into depression and dementia and have other issues because they lack physical touch. So if they're in the home, I mean, I I see that as a blessing and a way to allow and help us all flourish together because we all need relationship and touch. Um, So for those that are in nursing homes, that's a challenge because they're not even allowed to be visited at this time. You know, people are seeing through windows. So if you're quarantined together, give somebody a hug. But only if you're quarantined together. (laughs) Yes. Give each other a hug if you're quarantined together. And I think for having aged, there's a blessing in that because they bring about a peace and a contentment with slowness that maybe I didn't possess prior to this time because they're in a different life stage. And I think there's instruction for us in that being able to be more accepting of the quiet. But one of the things that even in my life we're seeing, man, we've got, you know, new baby at home. And so Elena's mom would love to come and hold and spoil her grandchild. And she's engaging with a lot of kind of high risk populations. And so she's just worried about coming and 
she said on the phone, I'd be devastated if I gave my granddaughter this. And so there's something to grieve too. It's another dynamic we're dealing with in this time that involves our leadership, right? As we lead ourselves, it's going to overflow to others. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's turn a corner a little bit. What what does the Bible say? What are some principles for how we operate as families? Like where do we ground ourselves in God's word when it comes to this topic about leading our families spiritually? I think that I go back to the Great Commission, right? Go therefore and teach, right? Make disciples. And I think that call doesn't just apply to going to other countries or outside of our home. It starts in our homes, right? And so we carry that responsibility to carry to our children. And even though I'm a mother of adult children, I still see that as my role is to encourage them in God's word. And my grandchildren, like we're to pass this on to generations, right? So we all have a part to play in this. And so I try to engage in that with just calling, like we can't see our grandkids right now. So I'm an at-risk person in my home. And so uh, we're being creative, like calling and doing stories on the phone, like doing FaceTime stories, playing games remotely, you know, like we're setting up a bingo game. So I've given all the kids cards and we'll do that, right? But being able to help the parents by encouraging the kids to live out their faith still too, right? To walk in obedience, to be respectful of their parents and stuff. So, And if the Great Commission <laughs> doesn't start in your home, jumping on a plane and going to another country isn't going to make you the kind of person that can automatically live yeah. it out. Yeah, Ian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think of like Psalm 78 when it talks about telling the next generation about the glorious deeds of Yahweh. It's like mm-hmm. we want to tell our kids and our family what God has done and who he is. And as they hear us talking about him and the work that he has done in our life, man, that is a great way for them to really get to know the God that we know too. I think too, one of the things that stands out in my mind talking about this is really an opportunity for us as parents to model what it's like to live in the unknown with a very known God. I continuously go back to Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is at hand, right? So that Yahweh is at hand. He knows what's going on. He knows the virus. And so this is how mom and dad discuss uh, job issues. This is how mom and dad discuss a virus that know, that we're hearing so much different information about because we know Yahweh and Yahweh is in control. God is in control and he loves us. And so just having that opportunity, like through the Great Commission in discipling our children, Deuteronomy 6 comes to mind as well, like just talking about it, like not being afraid to talk about it because there will be trouble in this world and there is a God and just teaching through that. I love 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ mm-hmm. to a church that is divided and confused and all of this stuff, right? If we're seeing that kind of stuff in, in our own lives, our own households, we have to minister out of the overflow. Yeah. And, and we invite people into how God is shaping us. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so maybe parents listening to this are thinking, I've never led my household before. I don't know what this looks like. We begin by pointing ourselves to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to get your kids worshiping if you're not practicing worshiping it's harder to teach them to pray if you're not praying right it doesn't mean you need to be perfect but where you're at in pursuing jesus invite them in with you Mm -hmm. so if if you're struggling with worry and having to learn how to rejoice in the lord like philippians 4 says or or choosing to pray that might be a a cool actually holy moment to invite your family members into Mm -hmm. hey i'm struggling with worry this is how i'm trying to lead through that will you pray with me 
And I think very practically, just right along the same lines, is if, if you haven't been leading well spiritually in your home, let your family know, hey, I don't think I've been leading well, and now this is a really awkward time, and so I'm going to try this. Let's try to pray together, and I might not do it great, and... I don't know, what does great prayer look like? But I mean, just trying to be like, hey guys, I'm learning here, learn with me. And that's a great way to invite them along. Or, you know, I struggle reading the Bible. Let's try to read a chapter tonight or maybe we'll get halfway through and let's let's think about this. What are these words? What What is he trying to say? And just a great opportunity to sit in a circle and start. Okay, Ian, you direct family ministry. You put on Wednesday nights. I thought this was your job. Like, no, that's a, that's a, a bold way to say it, mm-hmm. but there's a reality where maybe some parents are feeling like, what do I do if, if my kids can't go to yeah. Veritas students on a Wednesday night or, or come to Sunday school on Sunday? Talk us through what's your vision for families and maybe even what are ways that you're helping equip as a department? Yeah. So I think uh, one of the things that we love to tell our parents is like, we want you guys as a family to be the primary disciple makers of your kids. We believe that is what scripture lines out for the family. And so uh, we call our families to be that uh, within their household, to be the primary disciple makers of their kids. And in our uh, parent commissioning class, there's a couple things that we talk about. We talk about modeling it. And you guys touched on that already. It's like, uh, let them see what it looks like for you to follow Jesus. Like as you're reading your Bible and they come downstairs, they're like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, I'm reading my Bible. And so you're modeling for them what uh just what your own spiritual rhythms look like and so if you don't have spiritual rhythms now's a great time to start that and not just for your benefit but also for the benefit of your family and so model for them what it looks like to uh, know love and obey jesus but then also uh, take advantage of moments you guys have a lot of moments right now at home (laughs) in between frozen two yeah oh oh, of course yeah um my wife is currently watching mulan i think and so you know but take advantage of those moments. If you're watching something on TV and there's a gospel connection there, like make that connection, like pause the TV show, pause the music, say, hey, this is how this relates to scripture or this is how this relates to the gospel. And take advantage of dinnertime conversations that you have. Like you have so many moments right now that you uh, have with your family that you maybe didn't have before. And so take advantage of them to point them to Jesus and the gospel during this time. And yeah. Um, Catherine, what is a way as a grandparent who might feel so disconnected from grandkids, what is a way that you can go beyond just trying to communicate general things and that you love them and that you miss them and just go past that and disciple grandkids or encourage grandkids in the Lord in this mysterious gap? Boy, that's a big question. Um, I think that we probably don't do it well, but I think that we have been uniquely blessed in this day and age and time that we're in to have so many tools available to us to stay connected through FaceTime, if you have iPhones, through, you know, phone calls, through cell phones, right, that aren't dependent upon lots of fees or things like that. And to have that opportunity to engage with them is a blessing. So if you're not physically present, doesn't mean you're not present. So increase the phone calls and try to do that in a way or a medium that allows you to see them like Zoom or Google Hangouts or some of these other options that we have. Some of us grandparents might be technologically challenged, but um, we do know lots of young people that can help us through that. And I wouldn't necessarily limit that vision to just your immediate family, right? Mm -hmm. We have people around us that are, like when I was raising my children, I had no family around me, but I had 
awesome spiritual parents that adopted me in. And so don't be afraid to do that for those single parents that might be super overwhelmed for those that are, you know, have no parents around or have parents that aren't of the faith, right? So we should be looking for ways as a body to take that seriously and come alongside of those that aren't just our own. Yeah. And Nathan, you had asked, like, what are some ways that we're also, as a ministry, trying to help equip our parents? And uh, we want you guys to know that you're not alone in this. Like, everyone is quarantined right now. Everyone is at home. And as a ministry, we want to come alongside of you. As a church, we want to come alongside of you guys. And uh, as a kids ministry, we've been putting out the curriculum every single week. Uh, just uh, for you to go through the same Bible story they'd be hearing here on a Sunday morning at home. And so you're able to play the video, you're able to do the craft, you're able to uh, do the activity page and have conversations with your kids. So we want to give you those resources so you can continue to have the same conversations with them that you normally would uh, every single week if your kids were here. And then another thing that I've seen people doing that's just super practical, not maybe not even super spiritual, but like just making daily schedules for their kids has been super beneficial for their family of saying, hey, we're going to wake up and then we're going to read and now we're going to have breakfast. And like just scheduling out chunks of the day has been super beneficial to keep kids uh, engaged and not wondering what's next. It's helped calm some anxieties in some families that I know of like, hey, we don't know what we're doing today. No, like we now know what we're doing because we have the schedule. And then I think just some low hanging fruit is just be present with your kids. Like you have a great opportunity to turn off the TV, turn off the phone and just interact and engage and play games and just be a family unit without the distractions of everything else going on. Yeah. So I think one thing that you mentioned was, you know, like laying out a schedule and not knowing what to do. And it's okay to not know what to do. This is an unprecedented time. There hasn't been people that go before us. And so we've heard from uh, you, Ian, kind of with family ministry, like Nathan, how can we as adults really equip ourselves as we walk through this time? Uh, What is what's a vision and what's your heart for us? How would you love to see this lived out as we walk with our families and our own personal growth as believers in some of the extra time that we have? It's a great question. I've been thinking through Acts 2, and spoiler, I kind of want to do a podcast on revival later. It's a, it's a big topic. We'll, we'll get there later. But Let's do it. thinking through what the church was like in Acts 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the word, to, to prayer and to fellowship. And those three elements looked like an overflowing, abundant, spiritually healthy community. Mm -hmm. We can't go house to house the way that they got to in Acts 2, but we can do that digitally and technologically. So there's almost a sense where doubling down on the main and plain rhythms of our spiritual life will overflow in incredible ways. So we've got the, the Facebook group for the Veritas reading plan. There's some folks who have already cruised through that entire reading plan, which is amazing. I I heard someone say one time, read through the Bible one time, you'll probably be confused. Read through the Bible five times and you'll start to know something. Read through the Bible 10 times and you'll actually gain a little bit of wisdom, which, hey, you have some time to read your Bible like never before and be fed spiritually. You have time to pray. So maybe actually your step of application today is praying for the people in your home. That's maybe a spouse, maybe children, maybe a roommate, maybe a parent, but pray and then Ask God to help you lead. Ask God to actually give you creativity you didn't have before. And then the final thing, stay engaged in community. 
connection groups that that could be downloading Marco Polo and having a, a live conversation with people in your connection groups, what, whatever that looks like, you need that fellowship too if you're going to be leading out. I think with regard to prayer, like prayer isn't just for health for your family, but like where do you want to see the next three weeks mm-hmm. go with your children? Like how do you want to see growth in your patience? How do you want the spirit to move into your life and grow you in humility when you're really sick and tired of it all? And like where do you want the next three weeks to go and like really pray not just for health, but where you want the Lord to move you? And I think kind of on that vein too, we have developed this entertainment culture mentality in our world and this isn't a time to feel like you're the chief entertainer for your children Mm -hmm. but that you have been given a time from God himself to be able to begin to pour into lives in a way that is intentional and instructional and let them begin to see how life has lived out in an honest way not as in they're the little idols and you're to entertain them but teach them what life is like. Guys, there's a lot we could keep talking about. Man, this is a big topic, and we hope we've kind of jump-started your imagination a little bit thinking about this. But listen, what you might need to do is share ideas with other people in your connection group, in your circles of influence. Share ideas for how you're leading and prayer requests for how you're struggling. But here's what we've seen in the history of the church. In times like this, when our idols are stripped away, when our routines are disrupted, this is incredibly fertile ground for God to do something amazing. Maybe this is going to set a new spiritual trajectory for the next generations of your family. You don't have to do it perfectly, but begin to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Begin to make disciples. Begin to teach the next generation or the generation before you or beside you the things that God is teaching you to. Veritas, we love you. We're thankful we get to equip you, and we hope that that you've been helped through this conversation. Mm